Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. My name is Belisha. I am your host. And this week, I'm very excited to feature professional contortionist Tori Kubik. Tori is a contortionist, an acrobat, a calmness connoisseur, world-class performer, TEDx speaker, writer, and world traveler. Growing up as an award-winning dancer, she later found her true love, the antiquated art form of Mongolian contortion. She kept pushing the odds, and now she tours the world and performs contortion and acrobatics in various theaters, cruise ships, and the world-renowned Cirque du Soleil. Tori recently published an article in SUP International and is currently working on fusing her performance with water. Tori is highly accomplished. She has opened for Miley Cyrus, was featured on The Tonight Show, Ripley's Believe It or Not, and performed for Team USA. In this interview, Tori and I talk about her contortion journey, how she went from being a dancer to discovering Mongolian contortion at age 21, how she actually traveled to Mongolia to learn from the best teachers, and the seven years that followed that has led her to where she is now. And we also talk about the topics she covered in her TED Talk, which she gave in January of this past year. And she discusses how Mongolian contortion is a beautiful metaphor for life and teaches us the lesson of introspection and how to tune within ourselves to find inner peace, freedom, and liberation through quietude and introspective qualities. So everybody, please welcome to the podcast, Tori Kubik. Tori, you are a professional contortionist, and you're a very accomplished one at that. Um, You've performed on Cirque du Soleil. Amazing. Congratulations on that accomplishment. Um, Thank you. Yeah. So I also watched your TED Talk. So you gave a TED Talk in April of this past year, right? Correct. Okay. Yeah, I it gave was... it in January, but they don't post it on their, you know, Got live it. until a couple months later. Right. Yeah, no, it was a brilliant talk. You guys should all check it out if you haven't already. It's called Thinking Inside the Box. And contortionists literally fit their bodies inside boxes in crazy shapes, in pretzels. Um, a little bit about my background in contortion. So I was a rhythmic gymnast for 10 years. And then I did contortion to help with my rhythmic gymnastics. Um, so that's a little bit about how I, I know about contortion. Um, so I want to hear about your story and how you got into contortion. I know you started as a dancer, right? Yeah, that's correct. So, um, first of all, I think it's amazing that you did rhythmic gymnastics in, like, a past life. I kind of wish that I knew of it and thought that, like, I think that would have been the perfect thing. For it's me a beautiful to do. I did sport. Dance. I did gymnastics, yeah. but just where I grew up, there wasn't really anything like that around, and I didn't yeah. even know what that was. So, I think it's beautiful and really cool. Um, yeah. But it is cool how you, they kind of, you know, you can cross-train them, and they both... Mm-hmm will help one another out. Absolutely. Yeah. But a little bit about my story. So I started as a dancer and ballet jazz, a little bit of acro. And since I was little and I wanted to join the competitive team and I was just recreational for a while. Um, so I kind of just begged my parents if they could, you know, allow me to do that. So it took a lot of begging and finally they let me do that. Mm-hmm. And I just loved it. I worked really hard, loved performing um, but there was still like, it wasn't, I knew there was something off, but obviously I learned a lot. Um, I just love to stretch in the corner. Like mm-hmm. whenever we had to do kind of over splits on the mat, um, everyone would scream and cry. <laughs> I mean, I think it's painful. Um, right. but I, but I found this, like, even from a young age, I was like, I would look around me and I see everyone would be like in agony and like just trying to fight it. And, um, and that was kind of like my peaceful time. I was like, I kind of enjoy this. Like wow. picking up choreography was really hard for me. And, you know, when things are really, really fast paced, and mm-hmm. you know, I struggled with that aspect of it. Um, but, you know, it's a good challenge. But mm-hmm. when it was time to, you know, stretch and do splits, it was kind of my time to just decompress. So yeah. I found that even from a young age, and I wasn't nearly as flexible as I was um, when I was a dancer, but 
I still found that really, really helpful. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that's something we have to teach, you know, young kids, young adults, adults, is, you know, how to, you know, let go when we are trying to stretch. And right. Not just, you know, forcing it or, you know, um, kind of not looking forward to it, but like having that be that time to decompress and mm-hmm. how we can teach everybody how to, you know, breathe and let go yeah. um, and surrender. Um, That's so interesting that um you know stretching as you said most people don't like it right especially when it's extreme stretching like over splits splits between chairs or you know i personally didn't like it either um (laughs) but you found your piece yeah right it's painful but um it's so interesting that in spite of the pain or maybe because of the pain and your ability to kind of find your zen you know, through the discomfort, maybe that's where the magic of contortion lies for you. Would you say that's part of it? Yes, absolutely. And I love that um, quick quote. I I don't remember it exactly, but um, how will you ever be sculpted if you're irritated by every rub? You know, so you have to, like, whatever we do, if it's stretching, if it's, you know, whatever we're called to do or what we're trying to set our goals towards, if we you know, are irritated by all the rubs and all the friction, we're not going to move forward, but we Mm -hmm. have to learn how to move with that friction and not necessarily fighting it, um, but, you know, surrendering a little bit and then pushing forward. So it's like a balance of Mm -hmm. surrendering and then proceeding. So kind of knowing when to find those waves because everything is not stagnant. Um, Mm -hmm. That's why the the water as well, because, you know, nothing, nothing is ever stagnant. We have to like, we have to surrender when we're stretching. We're not right. necessarily fighting with brute force. We are more so doing the opposite. Um, right, yeah. yeah. I find a lot of overlap between what you're saying now and uh, Eastern kind of Buddhist philosophy, yoga philosophy of surrender yeah. and embracing the discomfort and not fighting it, right? And it's yeah. maybe no coincidence that... Um, you know, Mongolia, this is where the contortion art form originated, right? I feel like a lot of people yeah. don't really know that about contortion. Is It's huge in Mongolia, and it's actually where the art form began. Um, so tell me about the Mongolian style of contortion training, um, because I know there are other schools out there as well, right? Maybe yeah. uh, the Eastern European school is a, maybe slightly different than Mongolian school. So tell me about what's unique about Mongolian contortion. Yeah, so I love it. I'm a little bit biased. So there are <laughs> many different styles, but I like it because it's the perfect balance. So I, I was obviously apprehensive to go there and to train, but I heard that it's the best and that's, you know, and I look at them and they're beautiful and so strong and so graceful. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was apprehensive to go there. I thought I would be like pushed into shape and like broken. And cause mm-hmm. I went late, I went, you know, when I was a young adult, yeah. um, but I, they were very patient. So it was a really nice, obviously it was really hard and we worked really hard and there was pain and there were sweat and there were tears and all of that, but it wasn't, you know, I'm going to push you in this corner and until you're crying and like extremely uncomfortable. It was more of you have to push yourself and you have to, you know, find they would never push you or anything mm. or give you like a little spot unless they knew you were a hundred percent relaxed. So, and that's otherwise you would be injured if, you know, if somebody's pushing against you and you're resisting it, yeah. that's when an injury would occur. So the way that they can, you know, really read your body, even if you're not speaking the same, um, you know, language or anything. It's all about um, just that, that, um, like, body language. Mm-hmm. And so the way that they could really tell right away, am I relaxed? Am I not? Can I push? And then if your body is not working that day and, you know, not going to push you this far, but, you know, we're still going to do, do other exercises that are going to benefit you in another mm-hmm. way. So just very patient, so pushing really hard, but not to a point where it's going to hurt you. Um, and then just looking around and the energy of how everyone's just so self-disciplined is really powerful as well. Um, yeah. And it all comes from within. It's not just, it didn't feel like it was like this forced thing where 
you know, the, the panel or the outside or the instructors are just forcing you to do all these things. And it's just like a machine. It was more mm-hmm. of a beautiful practice and try like a more of a collaboration of working together um, wow. both putting in the work and I love it. Way. That's wonderful. Um, and I, lo- I love the quote you had in your TED talk where you talked about being in a room full of five-year-olds, right? And you were the only adult. Yeah. <laughs> I love yeah. that. Tell me about your experience. First of all, how did you get introduced to contortion? I know you mentioned in the talk that um, you were touring um, as a dancer, you were performing. And there was a specialty act, a contortionist, right, who was part of the show, yeah. and that was your introduction. Yes, um, so that was really awesome. So I, you know, I was performing as young, <laughs> performing as a dancer. I did some aerial stuff as well in the show. Um, cool, but nothing like you know super high level acrobatics at that time. I was still more just a dancer. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, I, you know, there were a few specialty acts that would come in throughout the show. And then this um, this duo came in, and the girl was a um, contortionist. And then she also did, you know, other aerial duo stuff with her partner. But she was just beautiful, and I were just watching the wings and just in awe. And mm-hmm. she was just the most beautiful thing ever. Um, and she was really kind, too. And she saw that, you know, I was a like to stretch that I was like a little more flex not contortion flexible but like a little more flexible than you know than a mm-hmm. normal dancer um so she was like kind of really encouraged me which was really nice and then mm-hmm. helped me train a little bit backstage um and after the shows and then you know so she encouraged me and then to you know train Mongolian style and then I asked around and I tried to research and you know find out you know how can I how can I do this it sounds crazy yeah. um you know, it was really late. Everyone just, when I told me, you know, my cast members and everything, they're like, well, like, you're too late. Like, you're a dancer. Like, you can't do anything else. Mm. Basically, like, you know, it's too late to do that. And, it, but like, I wanted to be, to do contortion in a show. I wanted to do, you know, be an act um, on my own mm-hmm. and discover this beautiful art form um, just because I was just mesmerized. And yeah. so I just, took a few uh, Mongolian lessons, went to Mongolia, um, and then just, it went, just trained really, really hard. And it was, um, you know, people always ask, they think there's like a secret, um, you know, to being flexible or like, it's either you're born with it and mm-hmm. they think you just wake up like that and you're, you can touch it, you can like sit on your head and whatnot. But like, that's, you know, what most people assume. Um, right. But, you know, it's just so much hard work. Um, yeah, you know, with everything, with, with, with gymnastics, with mm-hmm. um, any kind of sport or contortion, it's you know you don't wake up and just do it. You don't have right, this, right. not this natural ability. It's so much hard work, and it's the same kind of you know, it's not this magical formula of different stretches. It's mostly just the same basic stretches mm-hmm. and some conditioning over and over again until you feel like your body starts to feel comfortable and you positions and really starts to build muscle memory um mm-hmm. and you just feel like you can navigate the world differently and um then you feel what it feels like to be in your body mm-hmm. um 100 percent. so just really you know drilling that into your body like with anything um so i think that's also a misconception especially with uh, contortion and i think like american contortion or mm-hmm. you know they traditional circus or um I guess people think or like you know maybe like vaudeville acts and stuff just like going way way back like it's this you know thing you're born with and you're this kind of you know Mm -hmm. natural and it could be it could have a bad connotation like a lot of the times it does like yesterday like taught this (laughs) contortion class um just like a sub I just subbed in and while I was in town Mm -hmm. and there was like a little boy in the class and he was first of all he asked me if I could touch my elbow or lift my elbow I've never been asked that before. and then, can you which I funny. <laughs> and then he and then he was just like contortion's gross like he was just like what? not into it like the other girls were like you know excited and they thought it was beautiful but you know like a lot of people they just think it's gross and like mm. they're just kind of perturbed and like you know he was just like ew it's yucky like and mm. like, like he's just like so perturbed. So that is like a 
conception that most people get. Um, yeah. And I think, and I obviously think it's the most beautiful thing ever. Yeah. Um, but just, some, but then some people do see, you know, the hard work and the strength behind it. And it's not just, you know, being an ooey gooey pretzel that squishes like a octopus into a box. Or something. You know, it's mm-hmm. not just about it's that. Not just it's about that, so right. much more. Right. Um, so I think, especially in our, in America, I feel like we have that freak show connotation to it. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's really, and then in like Mongolia, it's seen as this beautiful art form. And I think yeah. that was really cool. It was appreciated so much. Um, if you had a contortionist in the family, like, like it's just such a respected art form because wow. they know like how much work goes into it. Um, whereas sometimes here, I feel like it could be, you know, just like, oh, that's gross and yucky. And like, mm-hmm. it's just like a birth, like it's just something you were born with and like, kind of like a weird, freaky thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just always find that interesting. And um, yeah, and I want to, you know, show that yes, it can be creepy and weird and like, <laughs> you know, horror movie creepiness and like, and that's the fun too, but also like it can also just be really beautiful. I think um, it's so just trying to yeah. show that. It's gorgeous. Um, it's such a beautiful art form, the way we can move and bend our bodies to create beautiful shapes. Um, I love the snake. That's my favorite. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> yeah. Me too. Yeah. yeah. And actually, my contortion teacher, do you know Serge Mabayamba by any chance? Yes, of course. Yes. 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 Of course. I worked with her. She's great. She's, She's so amazing. Great. Um, yeah. And just so passionate and just, just wants to spread the art form and show everyone how it's, you know, yeah. her special. So special her and to Mongolia um yeah yeah she's amazing she's amazing yeah and she teaches a lot of adults and a lot Mm -hmm. of her students have gone on to perform and professionally um despite starting at a later age and that's one point I really want to focus on because I think that's really fascinating how you started um you know not in childhood right a lot of people Mm -hmm. do start this in childhood but you you had a dance background but you started when you were 21 and that you know like your castmates were kind of being the voice of doubt like oh you're too late you know you're starting too late how could you possibly go professional you know how did you combat that voice of dissent and doubt and just continue forth um you know, despite starting at an age later than childhood and also being in a class, uh, the only adult in a class of five-year-olds, like, what was that like? What was that experience like? Yeah, um, so it's definitely, was probably one of the hardest parts, but I would say the two hardest parts mm-hmm. of the journey that I, you know, went to go on would be combating the doubt and to just controlling my breath and learning how to breathe, mm-hmm. um, which is probably the hardest part of contortion for me in the beginning, you know, because um, yeah. I had a little bit of flexibility, but like couldn't control it. I was just like a hot mess <laughs> and then I couldn't breathe. So that was probably the hardest, but then also the doubt, um, you know, just con- shutting out those voices. Um, mm-hmm. Just, I knew it was so, it meant so much to me and it was so special and it was such a good, um, such an amazing challenge that felt so natural. Um, I guess it was hard and like my body was not used, didn't have the muscle memory for these positions or the strength or anything at the time. Um, but like I knew there was something under that I had to, you know, keep um, etching or um, chopping away out to kind of find. Um, mm-hmm. So I think that just focusing on that and keep fo- just you know, laser focusing on that aspect of it and, you know, shutting out those voices. Um, mm-hmm you know kind of like journaling about it meditating on it Mm. um but yeah definitely it wasn't easy like by any means that I sometimes that kind of even since I was like a little um and you know it's something I still struggle with every day I look around you know it's so hard especially like nowadays we see everything on social media Mm -hmm. and everything and everything we see everything our friends are doing or our colleagues and our family Mm-hmm. and we're you know we always we want to compare by nature like we just right you know, we compare we compare and like yes I have this but like I 
spent all these years doing this, so I don't have this, so um, am I, like, what am I doing? And, like, mm. all this doubt. And even when I was, like, a little girl dancing, like, that voice would come into my head and I'd be like, you know, when things were really hard and difficult, I'd be like, oh, well, what am I doing? Like, why mm-hmm. is it, why am I torturing myself, like, mentally and physically through this if it's, like, and that, but it, it it's worth it. So that's yeah. why I, like, put up with it. Um, yeah. And so, like, it, I experienced that when I was a kid. Um, but, you know, I learned to, you know, um, just turn within and, you know, ignore those voices and shut mm-hmm. them out. And then, you know, I did that again for when I first started contortion and still to this day, like sometimes that happens and, um, you know, to just remind myself of, you know, the greater journey and, you know, of yeah. the road less traveled and all of that. The road um, less traveled. Which is traveled. so hard yeah. these days <laughs> to, um, to follow. And it's kind of, uh, I think in Brene Brown, one of her books, she Brene Brown, about, yeah, I've heard of her. Uh, yeah, she wrote Atlas of the Heart recently, and um, I remember one part she was, she keeps like, a, she likes to swim, and she picks, I think she keeps a um, poster, or like a picture of the swimming pool in her office, and it mm-hmm. reminds her that, you know, you're swimming, and like, it's your lane, it's your lane only when you're swimming laps, like, you mm-hmm. just focus on your lane, and if we, you know, are looking next to the lane next to us, it's not going to help us, like, it's... Right. It just kind of deter us. So we just have to, you know, just keep focusing on that one lane, like your lane only. Um, and I think that's really important to do. So mm-hmm. I try to think of, um, embody that same mindset of, I have this special, you know, thing that I'm working towards. Yes, I don't know all the pieces, um, but it feels right. So yeah. I'm going to just focus on my lane, um, not look on, the, um, not look next door to the person swimming or look at the person next door you know mm-hmm. you know if you're taking a test and you're like ooh, doubting your answer so you look glance to the mm-hmm. paper but you know i'm gonna just glance at my paper mm-hmm. um and not let that doubt creep in of that insecurity and it's the same thing you know when you're um you think you know the answers but then oh well maybe even the person next to me is smarter so do i glance mm-hmm. over and check and kind of to re um to validate myself or do mm-hmm. i just really trust myself trust it's, about, yourself. it's a lot about yeah. self-trust absolutely and um just learning to trust yourself is probably the hardest part but yeah super important and these um, i think are integral life lessons that um came to you by way of your journey especially in contortion which is a, an art form that demands such focus right such mm-hmm. introspection it's a very introspective Um, movement art form and similar to yoga where in yoga I always say you know contortion and yoga are like cousins you know I'm a yoga teacher Uh, we do a lot of these postures not nearly to the extreme of contortion but it still demands us to endure you know slight discomfort in our body and breathe through it and just focusing in on your breath and staying in touch with your breath as you're moving through the movements, um, flowing through the postures. I think there's so many parallels between yoga and contortion. Um, and so I think this is a great segue into your TED talk that you gave, uh, thinking inside the box, this idea that there is profound power in introspection Um, staying in our own lane, like you said, right? And tuning Mm -hmm. within ourselves to find answers as opposed to looking outside the box is like we look inside and we have the answers already and we can find calm and and harmony within ourselves um, despite the chaos around us. Is that kind of the... Am I hitting the theme a little bit <laughs> of your yes, of your TED absolutely. talk? Okay, <laughs> that's exactly what it's all about. Um, yeah. You know, the one of the first things we learn as kids, you know, we is to think outside the box, be creative, mm-hmm. be bold. You know, we're we're encouraged to you know be creative and use our imagination, and those are those are all great things. And I think mm-hmm. definitely I'm you know an advocate for that. But we are you know so focused on comparing so we are going to kind of look next door and see and see that um hold up so we're going to look next door and um 
we're going to see that, you know, our, our neighbors doing this, we're going to look at our mm-hmm. friend's social media and we're going to see that they're doing this. So we're, um, we're going to, sorry, I just have to turn in one second. Oh no, no back. problem. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so just comparing, we see that we have all these things next, um, next to us and we don't really know what we want because we're always so focused on the outside. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's really, really important. Even for dance, I'm not sure about rhythmic gymnastics, but for mm-hmm. dance, we had to kind of compare ourselves to everyone mm-hmm. in a way. And yeah. I also, and then I was a teenager during, um, like a late teen, I would say like dance mom's era back um, when that mm. show came out <laughs> and how, you know, they just seeing how they like compared every dancer and they so toxic. And, so toxic. Um, yeah. So yeah. And just, it strips you of your individuality yeah. and, and you, you're just trying to be this, you know, Barbie doll or this perfect prototype, but then we don't know, we're so disconnected from ourselves because we're trying to be, you know, the perfect example. Um, and we sacrifice ourselves for that. Mm-hmm. And it's really hard to go back and find yourself once you've deterred and once you've, you know, eluded yourself with all these distractions. Yeah. Um, it's really hard to turn back within. Like we've run so far away that it's really hard to get back. Yeah. Um, so I think teaching that from a young age is really important. Yes, we want to, you know, do things creatively and be bold and, innovative but also how do we turn within and I think we have to teach that from a young age because I was missing that as a kid and mm-hmm. um I sometimes I was it would make me it would make me really shy and sometimes I kind of just wanted to disappear because I was you know maybe sometimes I would match up to the perfect um prototype and then sometimes I would fail short and mm-hmm. you know that would just make me quiet um yeah. really shy really insecure and like, you know, maybe like a little bit, um, like too skinny and I would just kind of want to maybe disappear subconsciously Mm -hmm. in a way. So, um, and that's just what we were, it's nobody's fault. Like that's just kind of the society and the culture that we grew up in. So it's really hard to separate ourselves from that or to like place the blame on anyone whatsoever. It's just, that's what we were steeped in. So I think we need to really focus on first learning how to turn within and then we can travel out and, you know, do things that express our own individuality more so. Absolutely. Um, and how, how do we turn within? What's the process? Yeah. So definitely a lot of meditation and mm-hmm. so finding what, so for me, contortion is my meditation. Mm-hmm. So it's finding whatever life makes you, turn within and forget the outside world a hundred percent. So you're what makes you want to be in the zone. Mm -hmm. Um, And we all have our own passions and meditation. It could be cooking. It could be um, making videos. It could be yoga. It could Mm -hmm. be contortion. It could be um, anything. But when we really think about it, there usually is something that, you know, our minds not wandering. We're not on our phones. We're not thinking about what's for dinner. We're just, focused on our craft so yeah and that is where our sweet spot is that's where that's what gives us life and what makes us want to keep going mm-hmm. um and to inspire the world in other ways so um contortion and yoga are really great ways to find that mm-hmm. um and but also thinking about and even people like spending time with certain people um mm-hmm. it gets harder and harder these days because um you know we're just so consumed by um the outside world and yeah technology and connection in that way but you know who are those people that we want to just be face to face 100 percent, no distractions yeah. um what are those things that make us want to just be engaged 100 percent? and we're happy we're not wandering so and the mind doesn't wander naturally so that's okay so don't you know you're not going to judge yourself for when you do think of that or whatnot um the mind naturally jumps, but mm-hmm. really just trying to find what makes you do that first and then just being aware of that and then kind of 
yeah you know keep repeating those things that make you feel that way and then see if you can um, weave that into other practices as well um and for different things that you might want to achieve um, yeah. yeah there's great wisdom um Thank you for sharing. Wow. Um, (laughs) I love this quote um, from your TED Talk. You said, there is no escaping the wrath of the stretch, but there was something magical to be found within discomfort. They taught me that the only way out was in. I love that quote. Um, (laughs) I first want to talk about that word wrath. Because, yes, stretching is painful, especially when you're pushing yourself to the extreme of contortion. Like, I know um, people have blacked out before, right? Like, that's a thing. Oh, yeah. I've I've blacked out, too. You've blacked out, right? Yeah. Yeah, and Um, was that from, like, lack of oxygen? Like, when you're in a pretzel, it's so hard to breathe. Like, how do you even breathe in that position? It's nearly impossible. (laughs) Yep. So yeah. it's just um, practice. So it's like mm-hmm. I'm starting small. Because, um, yeah, it is. And that's probably the scariest part, too, is do you trust yourself? So it's all about coming back, circling back to trusting yourself. So, mm-hmm. you know, your body naturally wants to fight it. It wants, it knows this isn't right. This, it says, like, I've never been here before. This is scary. Like, stop, stop, stop. Like, mm-hmm. you go, sometimes go into, like, an emergency mode and it's too scary and unfamiliar and foreign and dark and you don't know how to operate. So you just, you know, go into emergency mode and you stop breathing and you black out. And I've done that before. Mm-hmm. And wow. it was, yeah, it was terrifying. And then, um, but now that I've been there, I know that the breath is so important and it supports us, you know, from cradle to tomb so we really have to appreciate it and trust it um because it will be there for us we just mm-hmm. can't shut it out and we can't ignore it um yeah and so yeah like a lot of and a lot of the time like it could be so yeah especially in contortion and that's the number one thing whenever i teach somebody new or anything to they'll be they'll say i can't breathe here and you know just because this is so new and unfamiliar and they can breathe there it's just you have mm-hmm. to go slow. You have to be able to turn within first. And that's definitely the hardest part of teaching, of learning. Um, it's just such a scary place that not many people will go even. And it's a lot of neck mobility for, you know, for proportion. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you never use that in dance um, mm-hmm. or really any kind of sport. For the most part, you do like, you know, some head roll, but you don't really use that neck mobility. Mm-hmm. And that neck flexibility and the thoracic spine that's strictly pretty much I want to say just contortion for the most part Mm -hmm. so people don't know what that feeling is like um but it is so good especially when even for everyday people when we're you know hunched over on our phones our neck is always um in that position so when we do stretch it that way it's the best feeling ever especially like (laughs) after being hunched over so it feels so good um once you know how to like relax and breathe into that, it's, you know, super beneficial, but we're so used to doing the opposite that rewiring our body and our brain to function like that and to breathe like that. Yeah. It is scary. Um, but you know, just focusing on like the tools of using the tools that you have Mm -hmm. and, you know, not being, so what I, you know, it's, um, really opening up like the neck and the you're not smashing your esophagus mm-hmm. you're finding space so I like to also think of you know the body of like an accordion mm. so we think of um we think of a lot of people think of contortion and they and they think of boxes and they think of you know cramped positions and you're squished and you're kind of just mm-hmm. placed and pounded and like most people think, oh, you're compressing, like everything's compressed, everything's squished and jammed. And that's like the furthest from the truth. Mm. I think contortion is first you're expanding. So you're being as long as possible. Everything is relaxed, but then there's space between all the vertebrae, there's space in the neck. Um, And so you're elongating everything first, like an accordion, and then you're opening up um, to create that nice arc and to create that nice circle and to create space and shape. 
Because if you were to squish, yeah, you would, that wouldn't work. So yeah. people automatically think, oh, I'm squishing, I'm jamming my neck, I'm, it's uncomfortable, it's like I'm having a claustrophobic attack mm-hmm. or something like that. But really, you're just opening up your body, you're opening up your mind, you're creating more space, um, mm-hmm. like an infinite amount of space. And I think that's another thing is like, we thinking, you know, going back to thinking in abundance as well. Um, you know, we think, oh, we only have this much space, this is our limit, but our limit is so much further. We just have never, um, you know, been, it's just an uncharted territory. So, yeah. you know, going into the darkness and finding that and being comfortable little by little, inch by inch, um, then you will be able to open up and find more space because there is so much space and we have so much within us, but mm-hmm we're taught that, you know, we have to stop here. Our, our mind tells us we have, this is the finish line, but really mm-hmm. it goes so much beyond that um, and so much further. So we just have to open up and then expand, open up and then expand. Um, I love it. And think of, yeah. Yeah. I love how it's physically, you're physically expanding your range of motion beyond what you could even imagine. And I think that's a beautiful metaphor for, life in general right a lot of the limits we have are self-imposed and they're in our minds um whether they're the result of society and what society dictates and tells us um these limiting beliefs that i struggle with my whole life in rhythmic gymnastics and i actually am a dancer now after gymnastics and like you mentioned earlier it's like so much comparison toxic comparison sometimes um in the world of dance and you you feel like you have to conform to this strict uh ideal body type so to speak but we're all different right and and in the same way it's like these age the the limiting beliefs surrounding age and how like for rhythmic gymnastics i think it's a beautiful sport it's also very age prohibitive um Mm -hmm. you know like 20 years old is considered old (laughs) in rhythmic you know and I kind of carried that idea to contortion as well when I was dabbling in it um I was like gosh like I'm I'm 24 right now and I'm trying to inch my way back into circus as well um and I find myself having all these limiting beliefs of like oh gosh, I'm not naturally flexible, like, I, my upper back is so tight, like, how could I ever do a pretzel at 24 Mm -hmm. when I, I could do it when I was 12, (laughs) but you know what I mean, and just all these limiting beliefs, but then I'm seeing, like, you are living proof that you don't have to start in childhood to be great and do this at a high level and perform, you know, at Cirque du Soleil, like, you know, that's, that's incredible. Your story, I think is so inspiring to, to a lot of people and myself included, Tori. Um, so I wanted to also ask you about, you mentioned an anecdote in your TED talk and I was like, I need to ask you about this. Um, you were performing in a magic show, you said, and someone forgot to, unlock you from the box so you were stuck there you were trapped in a cold metal box yes (laughs) tell me about (laughs) that oh my god were you in a pretzel like in the (laughs) i wasn't i wasn't in a pretzel but i was in like a contorted shape so i it wasn't as bad as you know that but it was still like a squished contorted shape wow um just to you know fit and into where I had to fit but I think another thing yeah that was crazy Um, that's like a nightmare that's like out of a (laughs) horror movie not like a like when I was a kid I was shy you know Mm -hmm. anxious and I don't think I was like claustrophobic claustrophobic but I was maybe I was definitely scared of the dark Mm -hmm. I was um and not yeah super comfortable being like squished and you know in like weird positions um and I yeah I would get anxious and things like that so and I carried that with me through life for a while, you know, when I was a young adult and everything. Mm-hmm. And contortions would, you know, let me get rid of that. Yeah. Um, which was really special. But 
uh, at that time I was training contortion. So I was still starting. I was um, still starting out. So I wasn't like I was in the transition. I wasn't great, but I was getting to be okay, I guess. Um, and I was applying all these rules and um, that contortion was teaching me. And it was still very new and very fresh. But um, but yeah, I was in this um, trick and this illusion. And, you know, stuff happens in the live show and things go wrong. Yeah. And, you know, you have to prioritize, you know, you know, well, the stage manager most of the time has to prioritize, you know, what has to happen next mm-hmm. when, you know, when things hit the fan and, and whatnot. So I had no control. I had to, I had absolutely no control. I was jammed in a box and it was, you know, I not allowed to, like one of the rules is like, I'm not allowed to remove myself. Like I had to wait until I was physically removed um, for this specific thing. Like there was a strict rule and, and I didn't know where I was. Like I didn't know if I was like invisibility or whatnot. Like, you know, you have to be, you know, off stage in a certain position. Mm-hmm. So I'm not seen by the audience or anything. So I couldn't jeopardize anything like that. Yeah. So I was, I was stuck. Um, and it was really dark, really cold, metal, you know. Um, and then I had this like wig that I had to wear as well. And like, um, like one hair really couldn't be at a place so I like the only way I could do it without getting my hair ripped off or like you know all messed up I would have to like take the hair like snake it around and like kind of shove it in my mouth like or like bite it so it was kind of like I was like tied up like I felt like almost like I feel like I've just been like tied up and like held hostage or something obviously that's an exaggeration and um, (laughs) but literally like you you could not move yeah so um so it felt really restrictive at first. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is a really long time. And I almost started to panic. Um, and if I was my old self, I probably would have panicked and had a panic attack. Um, but I probably would. I started to think about, you know, what I've learned in contortion. And mm-hmm. it kind of did remind me of like the breathing of like that moment of I'm in this pretzel and I can't breathe. Do I, do I just go into emergency mode and like black out or do I try to dig deeper and find my breath and turn within. So I had those kind of like fleeting moments, those mm-hmm. fleeting thoughts. And I was like, and then I did, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to pretend I'm in a prep, like in this contortion position, like or a prep or something. And, um, you know, forget that it's dark and scary. Forget that I'm trapped here, forget everything. And so just forget everything that's going on, except for, you know, breathing and staying calm. Um, so I turned within like I would if I was practicing contortion um and yeah first so there were at the beginning there was a little bit of doubt and you know I was doubting everything I was scared and freaking out and then little by little like that just started to dissipate and then it was okay and then I kind of felt really at peace and it was like this complete switch and then I ever since that moment I was I learned how to be comfortable in in a squished position in like a uncomfortable position whether it's physically or mentally mentally, Um, and it really like was a really pivotal moment um because a lot of times that's how life feels you know where we feel like we're being buried alive or we feel like we're completely in the dark and we feel like we can't breathe and you know all the pressure on our chest and hyperventilating in so many like situations um but if you can learn how to be calm when that's happening and when chaos is happening then you can learn how to be calm anywhere anytime um just learning how to just turn within and breathe through it one breath at a time um that's powerful wisdom guys um listen listen up this is this is like yoga wisdom this is the stuff i was learning uh, during my yoga teacher training and the breath is what we have like 24 7 you know, and if we can learn how to breathe through physical and mental discomfort, we can really get through anything in life. And in that way, I think contortion is such a beautiful metaphor for how to approach life from a place of zen and and calm, right? Amidst the storms, the many storms that life throws our way. Um, and kind of 
going back to the metaphor of contortion, you know, when you are doing a stretch or in your, you're in a new position and it's very, very uncomfortable in the beginning, when you're fighting the stretch, right, when you're tensing up your muscles and you're trying to just like grit your teeth and white knuckle your way through it, you're not relaxed and you're not fully embracing the stretch, right? And you mm-hmm. mentioned that in Mongolia, the teacher would not push you until you were in a state of complete relaxation. Otherwise, injuries can happen. Um, so I think there is power in that message of, you know, instead of fighting against pain, discomfort, suffering, if we can somehow embrace it and, um, you know, not panic and and tune within ourselves to to breathe our way through it, you know, imagine how resilient we can be in the face of any kind of adversity, whether it's being stuck in a box in the middle of a magic show, <laughs> nowhere to get out, you know, or, or anything, <laughs> anything in life. And I think contortion, that just speaks to the power of, of this art form. It's so... It's much more than just like a freak show act of, you know, whatever the misconceptions may be. It's a highly evolved art form um, that teaches volumes about life and wisdom. And um, it's so cool. This is fascinating. Um, Thank you. Yeah. So how long have you been doing contortion? in total yeah so i i guess i started 21 and i'm 29 now um nice. and then the beginning obviously was training and then maybe a couple of years that i you know was pretty okay or decent um and that you know just became better and better and more comfortable and comfortable and i think that's another cool thing is like you know and when, when i was growing up and dancing and the limiting beliefs it would be like oh well you've hit your peak and now it's just downhill mm. you know you've, you're like this was your good year and like you know it's over now like you already hit it mm. um but I think it's contortions wired me to be differently where it's like I've learned these skills I've learned about my body and I've learned um you know the more I practice just the more comfortable I'm gonna be um and the more connected I'm gonna be so I'm just really building a deeper connection with my mind and body like the more I practice and it doesn't matter you know you know if about my age or whatnot it's just Mm -hmm. um my connection to my practice is deeper as the more and more that I reinforce it Mm -hmm. um I also think it's super cool like there's especially like pandemic and stuff I've seen you know older performer aerialist acrobats contortionist um and whatnot and like they maybe had like a baby during the pandemic and like mm-hmm. they've already bounced back like so yeah. quickly and it's just when I was a kid like that would have blown my mind like yeah. you know we were taught like you do that you're like your your career's you know, your, over your career's over like right after that like there's no way to like come back you know and I've just seen time and time again like that's not the case like look at yeah. all these examples of people who have done that and like even contortion, even, like, all these things, and, like, you think, oh, no, like, that would break you and, like, finish you, um, mm-hmm. and obviously it's, I'm sure it's tremendously hard to do that, but it's possible, it's, it's you know, possible. which is really cool to see um, that, you know, we, I didn't learn that as a kid, I learned the opposite, so. Yeah, yeah, and there yeah. really is, like, the age ceiling of contortion is very, very high, you know, it, yeah. it's like, I think you mentioned that you had a teacher who was in their, like, 70s. Or I don't know who mentioned it, but, you know, there's a teacher in Mongolia in their 70s that can still do contortion. Um, and that's, that blows my mind. It's like... Yeah, yeah, it's just... Wow. Building that <laughs> connection, taking care of your body, being patient, mm-hmm. warming up, um... Yeah, and one thing I wanted to ask was um, this idea of, you know, obviously as a contortionist, you're pushing your body, you're training your body to do very extreme things. Um, How do we strike that balance when we are training of 
pushing just far enough, but knowing when to stop pushing. Yeah, um, that's another really, really challenging thing. And I think maybe as a kid and like younger, younger teen, younger adult, um, I would, you know, was used to, you know, we push, we push, we push until we break, basically. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's, you know, kind of what I grew up with. So, um, and I'm better now at pushing really hard, but um, finding the time to be like, okay, no, I'm done. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, they'll pick this up tomorrow or the next day. Um, And then I'll, so it is, and it almost, sometimes it makes you feel like guilty and shame and, Mm -hmm. um, and, but then I have to remind myself, no, like, look at all the things I did do today. Um, and sometimes even writing it out helps. Um, Mm -hmm. and you know, because it's just sometimes like hard to keep track of, you know, how much I did and, and, um, and just like a bunch of things It could be like, I, trained all like aerial straps in the morning and then I did contortion and then maybe I spaced it out and maybe it doesn't feel like I did a lot but I did do a lot and mm-hmm. then um and then also getting to the point where um then sometimes I do push till I'm like absolutely completely exhausted and like you know it's mm-hmm. when you get to that point when you're like oh, I want to do another I just want to like maybe do 10 of these and but my bot like maybe I get to like eight and my body's just like completely like muscles or mm-hmm. like completely destroyed like there's no way my body can do it you know yeah um so like that happens to you sometimes so you know just obviously working really hard um and pushing yourself and to keep you know improving and Mm -hmm. things like that but also not shaving yourself when you you know when you are finished um that's another really hard thing to do and because you know if you obviously work yourself into any injury and we don't want injuries gonna just hurt yourself yeah. even more so um but i think it is important to slow down and you know it's of course easier said more. than done yeah sometimes less is more i agree but it's yeah. like we're all talk about you know comparison we we want to be better we want to be like this person we want to be able to do what this person is doing uh today but it takes mm-hmm. time, right? Great things take time to build. And yeah. of course, injuries happen and we want to be mindful of, you know, not pushing too far beyond what our body can handle today because if we're thinking long-term, right? Um, we yeah. want to be in it for as long as we can, right? Um, want to be yeah. able to do contortion when you're 70 years old. Like that would be incredible, right so yeah. to do yeah. that we gotta be mindful of our body and uh knowing when to push and knowing when to take a rest i think that's yeah. super important absolutely yeah. um and yeah absolutely i think it's for the long you're in it for the long run or you know that's that's where i want to be yeah. um so just little by little um you know, if you skip kind of, you skip any steps, there's no, um, like elevator to success. You have to, you know, take each step. You have to feel each step. Some steps are harder. Some steps mm-hmm. are maybe feel like a little rickety or, um, or sometimes you just want to like take two steps, you know, if you want to mm-hmm. climb the stairs and you want to, you know, skip. just skip half the one. But no, you have to feel every step, every yeah. degree, um, of the spectrum to really, you know, build, um, a good foundation yeah otherwise it's gonna um, crumble eventually so yeah so it's gonna mean slower slower results which is really hard for people these days you know because everybody wants instant gratification right Um, and i i think in that's that's a universal phenomenon i think in the u.s especially um i don't know i i haven't been to mongolia I want. I wanted to ask you another thing about Mongolia. Is your observations of the people there? Um, I know you mentioned about the the contortionist, the young five year olds training with such focus and such um, calm. You know how they approach mm-hmm. each skill with intention, as opposed to just doing it without thinking. Um, that's so interesting to me. And so, what were your observations? I guess of the dynamics of people in general in Mongolia and how they approached both contortion and I guess life at large. 
Um, well, one thing that kind of shocked me, um, what was it? I think a little bit before, or was it after? Oh, no, right after I went to Mongolia, I had to go to Germany. So um, it was like a shifter. So I think <laughs> speaking in like in time, um, like the way they, you know, they're very patient. They're very calm, um, which is really cool. Very in the moment and very present which is super important and really hard to emulate, um, mm -hmm. especially in a fast-paced world. So that was really cool um, to see. And it just felt more real in a way um, mm -hmm. and more and hyper-focused on the, on the now. And I think, but that being said, um, like about time and time management and things. So it's just, it was so different there in the way of like, time so hmm. you know here we have everything timed out to the minutes and we have this call scheduled at this minute and we have this appointment at this minute and we you know it's because we respect people's time and we want to be efficient and get things done um and that I get that and mm -hmm. I'm a pretty punctual person and everything as well and that's you know what's been ingrained in me for since I was little mm -hmm. so how I mostly operate but going there it was kind of just like I had to let that go I had to just kind of be um so they a lot of them can be really late and so mm -hmm. sometimes like we would show up for a contortion practice and like the coach would be really late um and that's it wasn't because she was rude or disrespectful that's just that was just the way of being and just wow. how things kind of operated around there um so it's very interesting I've never experienced that but I think it might be because um just because like being so in the moment and so passionate about what you're doing that maybe you're going to be late to the next thing. Um, yeah. And so I thought that was cool, but it was kind of not like it was a nice change of pace because I'm not used to that. Mm -hmm. And I think even when I was a kid, I would, I would be like, just in my own mind, I would kind of be like, um, can you still hear me? Yes. Yes. Can still hear okay, you. Okay. Good. Sorry. <laughs> no um, problem. So kind of in my own mind, I would be like, I don't, I don't like time. Like, why do we have these like barriers and these restrictions? Mm. And I get, yeah, I know that we needed to operate in the function and stuff. But for some reason, when I was little, I was like, I kind of just want to be, I don't want to have these like yeah. time barriers and I want things to kind of bleed into one another. Um, so that's just something when I was little. And then, so when I went to Mongolia and I realized that I was like, Oh, this is kind of cool. I, I kind of like it. Um, like some people actually live like this. What'd you say? Like some people actually live that way without time yeah, as the and it, primary and it works and yeah. it's um i and even so um we had contortion tables made for us um oh. but they had their um madam festival going on so everyone was really busy um so you know there were making costumes and everything so we weren't sure if we would be able to have them made in time before we had to go back home mm -hmm. um and so it was kind of like up in the air kind of Hope, like wishing that it would happen we're not really sure we couldn't get an answer of yes this would definitely be ready and like available and we we just didn't know we just had to you know mm -hmm. hope that it would be ready and and then at the lot and so we were kind of thinking that it's not gonna be ready but at the last minute um they came in and they were Yay. ready and <laughs> I had a contortion table that I could bring home and train with and used to perform so that wow. was really cool um but yeah it was just kind of not knowing but trusting so i feel like that mm -hmm. was a big thing and um going back to the idea of trusting we, yeah, yourself here we want to know we, yeah oh, sorry what'd you say Tr like trust in general trusting yourself yeah. trusting the process the journey um yeah yeah it's beautiful like it'll all work out and yeah. um yes maybe we don't have that confirmation email we can't track our package on an app but like <laughs> you know right. we're just gonna do what we can and like surrender what we can't and mm -hmm. it'll all work out eventually and and it did so that was really cool so like to see firsthand and then right after that I had to go to Germany which was completely the opposite <laughs> because everyone's so punctual and so early and it was like really hard to jump back into that um really Mode. you know aggressive time um, yeah. punctuality so oh that's like so the interesting complete opposite of Germany Wow. Well, thank you so much, Tori, for sharing your story and all these wonderful, brilliant insights you've gained, um, you know, from the practice of contortion. And 
Uh, would you like to conclude with any any pieces of advice for people who maybe started contortion older, later in life, and they want to take it far but have these limiting beliefs? What would you say to them? Yeah, um, absolutely. Just keep going, keep trusting the process. Um, and I certainly would say this too, like your progress is measured in millimeters. Like, So just stop looking like... Mm you know, at, like, every day of, like, trying to see, oh, am I better, am I more flexible, am I this, just kind of, yes, you want to see your alignment and make sure um, you're looking, that looks okay, but try just looking in first and yeah. trying to feel within your body because it comes from within first, um, and then you'll look back, you know, a few months later, a year later, and you'll see, and then you'll be able to see the difference, so mm-hmm. just not being fixated on that one thing um and that you know the perfection and stuff right away because that's gonna hinder you and make it go slower Mm -hmm. definitely Uh, yeah well thank you so much again for your time i know you're super busy with performing and traveling and living the life um of a professional performer so thank you so much tori this was lovely um i really enjoyed everything and very inspiring (laughs) thank you guys so so much for tuning into this week's episode of the athlete voices podcast we have new episodes coming every tuesday so stay up to date with that by following us on our instagram at athlete voices you can also check out our website athletevoices.net where we post feature articles and interviews about the guests on this podcast. We also have blog posts and opinion pieces on all things aesthetic sports. I'll talk to you guys next week. Bye.